Listening Dog Media. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hello, this is the Offside Rule We Get It podcast, our last hurrah for the 2014-15 season. And it wouldn't be the same if it wasn't the three normal amigos. <laughs> Lindsay Hooper joined by the other th- one of the three stooges, I think it could be, <laughs> at this potential stage of the season, Hayley McQueen. And a very upset Kate Ball say, I'm, I'm still not over Liverpool's result <laughs> at the weekend. I'm sorry, I'm disgusted. But anyway, we'll leave that to one side. I have to say, Kate, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I was meant to be doing Stoke-Liverpool for the final game of the season, Gerard's farewell, and with a week to go, I got moved onto Frank Lampard's farewell at the Etihad. And I was really grateful for that yesterday, although I am a bit of a good look charm for Liverpool. Maybe they wouldn't have been okay if I'd have been there. Who knows? Well, when you were supposed to go to Stoke, you asked me if I'd like to come, and I was like, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to. And yesterday I was like, thank the heavens I'm not there. We've got lots to get through because in our final episode, of course, we're going to look back on the on teams that have got relegated, teams that have got promoted, and it's now our turn to be Mystic Megs and try and work out who's going to stay in the league that they've got promoted to or someone who's been relegated who's going to make a quick return so we're going to pick two each there that can be from up and down the leagues also we're going to go on to talk about some speculation ahead of the summer because it started already mm-hmm. Sam Allardyce did you know that nearly got released at half time during the West Ham game against Newcastle that Sam Allardyce had left because of an admin error on their website <laughs> apparently they got the clock wrong that would have been awful wouldn't it but oh Sam Allardyce uh, leaving West Ham I actually interviewed Phil Brown following their promotion mm. playoff final, of course, and he kind of gave it away in the interview I was doing with him, but I couldn't kind of veer off and <laughs> chat about Sam Allardyce because he was saying, oh, my friend Sam, blah, 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 chatting about next season and him not being with Ham. And I'm thinking, he knows something we don't know, but I couldn't push it too far because we were supposed to obviously be chatting about him and the future and looking ahead. Well, Jason Burt had an exclusive um, in the Telegraph the night before and I was on TalkSport on Saturday night and the news just came through. I think it was released about 10 o'clock on Saturday night. So we were talking about that, Mm. about how it all been pre-agreed and he was due to jet off on holiday and... Um, and everything else and and also about Rafa Benitez I'm sure we'll talk more about this later about where Rafa might go but I was upset that Phil Brown didn't knock out a Beach Boys number because he he, he loves the sing song doesn't he we're also as our final topic this week we're going to talk forgotten goodbyes we've already mentioned last week this week Frank Lampard uh, Stephen Gerrard there was the carrying off of Didier Drogba off the pitch wasn't there (laughs) it was very funny I quite enjoyed that and of course seeing the open top bus uh, on the Monday following that and, and you're thinking oh god the players have probably been out all night I expected a few more sunglasses <laughs> what I love about this and it's got it's got an element of the Borsay about it is that Didier Drogba had pre-arranged this yeah. to happen yeah. <laughs> I know 
I was like, this is really good. I mean, it just went on and on and on, didn't yeah. it? To which point you just want to say that, you know, there is a football game going on here, chap. Sorry. I know it's not, I, I mean, he was almost Latin-esque with the amount of celebrations yeah. going on, wasn't it? Well, those were the three big ones, weren't they? But what are the forgotten goodbyes? Because there's quite a lot of other farewells in football mm. this season and we don't want people to slip through the net. So let's get through those. And Sean Thorne returns with a final Twitter topic of the week, which we've rested for a few weeks. We're bringing it back for the final episode because we've been asking you on our Twitter account at Offside Rule Pod for your best moments of the season. He will rattle through some of those. The female take on football. Well, straight away then, I'm going to turn to you, Hayley, and get on with topic one because we want to talk about teams that have either got relegated or promoted, who you think will stay in the league that they've got into or who will make a quick return. Yeah. Uh, this is early predictions from us, really, really early. We are going to drag this podcast back up, you realise, at the end of next season and see how correct we are. Hmm. OK, well, I'm going for Bournemouth to stay up. I'd really like this to happen. Everybody wanted them to go up. The true story of great British manager, young man, Manager Eddie Howe just rising up there, having a really wonderful season. And the Championship has definitely been the standout season, particularly with the way that the Premier League ended, isn't it? They need to keep hold of their striker as well, Callum Wilson. He has been linked with a move to Arsenal. Arsene Wenger has said uh, that he's not interested in him. He's 23, he's up and coming. It's a really young, exciting squad. Um, the manager needs to keep hold of his players, but also needs to add to the squad. There's a couple of names he's been linked with, but not massive names. Josh King of Blackburn Rovers, but I just think he needs to aim higher. He needs to strengthen. They just need one or two big names, somebody in that holding midfield. Um, but I just think it will be really exciting if this potential future England boss, Eddie Howe, were to succeed in the Premier League. I just think it really would be a dream come true. I'm not talking in the next couple of years. I'm talking a little bit further down the line. I don't know what you think, but I think people at Bournemouth and Bournemouth fans might say that they've overperformed this season. Mm. They've had a better season than they expected. If that's the case, I would worry for them in the, in the Premier League. I think if Bournemouth and Brentford had gone up, I'd have worried for one of them particularly, mm. because I don't think two teams like that that have sort of over-excelled, it's going to be hard to adjust to life in the Premier League. I'm glad you're rooting for them, but I don't know how great your prediction's going to be. Um, Kate? Okay, well, I'll take a team who've been relegated, who I think will pop straight back up again and that's Hull City they had such a good season last season although they only finished four points above the drop zone I think we could all say that there were some shining stars in that team and what's happened this season is that no one's really performed there have been issues outside the club as well um, when we're looking at Jake Livermore but also the fact that they invested 10 million quid or so in Abel Hernandez and he's done not very much at all really apart from punch Phil Jones in the stomach thank you very much for that that was a nice end of end of season gift wasn't it to round things off really well for Hull why do I think how they're going to pop straight back up well I do think that they have that fan base and although their chairman has come in for quite a bit of stick Asim Alam um, I think he has got the funds there well he, he's already proven that he's got the funds there the signings this summer weren't great but they I think signed with the fact that they had the Europa League to play for that was a distraction that the side didn't need um, I think Steve Bruce will do a really good job of getting back to basics I think there needs to be a little bit of a clear out and they need to start again and, and, and enjoy playing their football again one thing he did do is in a lot of the players' contracts, he integrated a relegation clause, didn't he? That a lot of their, their wages get reduced by 40, 50%. That could be a stroke of genius because your likes of QPR who've struggled with wage bills for the last couple of seasons they know the effects that can have and I think as long as the players you know talk about Michael Dawson being a big name at Hull but he actually lives nearby and I think he 
probably will stick with them. I, oh, I'm making that prediction early, but I, I think he probably will. And that means taking a wage cut in return. And I think when players have done that, they've got even more reason to try and get promoted back into the Premier League, haven't they? I'm going to go down the leagues. I'm going to go for a team that you've already mentioned, actually, Southend. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that Southend will stay in League One. I think Phil Brown is a good manager. He's already made it clear that he wants to be managing back in the Premier League, hasn't he? I think he must have said that to you in your interview, mm-hmm. did he? Yeah, I think a swift rise with Southend is probably not going to happen to bring him to the Premier League, but I think he would be happy to stay for another season, continue to build, continue to show that he's actually slightly more humble than he used to be. Yes. At one point, he was maybe a little bit big for his boots. Well, not yes. big for his boots, just got a bit carried away, didn't he? But yes. he's a great character to have in football. And because he's had a bit of a been knocked down a peg or two, I think he appreciates it more. And I think he will have another really good season, as you mentioned, with Southend and then build his way back up. I did read that and I thought, okay, League One first, Phil Brown. <laughs> um, I think I think he needs to hold on to this amazing goalkeeper, Daniel Bentley, that we saw his heroics at Wembley. Just 21 years old. And I do think goalkeepers can make a big difference. Um, I mean, it's been equated in the Premier League, hasn't it, to between 8 to 12 points uh, difference a, a good goalkeeper can make. That could be all the, the difference it needs for Southend to stay in League One. Um, also, I just think that the elation that they've had from that Wembley win, I think it will carry them perhaps for the first half of the season, actually, to have a really good start in League One. I think that's what you need sometimes. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that they're going to stay put. Um, Any more? Well, I'm just going to have a little look at Spain and tell you what's been happening in La Liga. We've got a team who I think who have been promoted that are going to stay there, a team that have been relegated and they're never coming back. Uh, well, we had Valencia, who sealed fourth in La Liga. It's actually become a bit more exciting. It's not just Real Madrid and Barcelona. You had Atletico Madrid in there and a really good Valencia side. Uh, Ibar and Almeria were relegated. Poor old Ibar. Their entire sporting budget is less than a one-year salary of Cristiano Ronaldo. (laughs) They had their first ever appearance in La Liga this season. They started brilliantly, opening day victory over David Moyes' Real Sociedad. Wonderful way to start the campaign. They ended with a victory as well at the end of the season. They only had two other wins sandwiched in between the opening game and the closing game of the season. It got to January and they just couldn't win two further league games that they won. But they have crashed, they have burned and they're heading back down to the second division, which is a tough, tough division. It's not like the exciting leagues like the Championship and Real Betis who have been promoted and returned after just a one-year absence. And when you look at the sort of the differences, yes, we're very lucky over here, aren't we? With the Premier League and the Championship being two really exciting leagues. But when you see the difference between the top division and the second tier when you head around Europe, there is a huge, huge gulf. Um, I'm going to go Milton Keynes, promoted to the Championship, and I think they will stay there. We've got to remember as well that the actual club's only really been established for about 12 years. Pete Winkleman, um, the chairman at, at the club, determined really to start on an even kill, to start well, and he's maintained that. One of the, one of the things that MK Dons are lauded for is their youth setup, and actually a lot of their youth product go on to make first team appearances. And a very significant, like 70 80% of their youth product also live within 30 miles of um, Milton Keynes as well so I'm I really applaud that and it's obviously worked for them and they're about to make their first ever appearance in the championship so you could say well perhaps they'll be a bit bowled over by that perhaps they'll be you know a small fish in a big pond I think they can handle it and I think they'll handle it very very well 
What I liked about their season was the fact that although they had a dodgy start to February, they did come back really, really well. They lost four and eight, won two games, but they came out of that slump well so that when times aren't going so well, they've got enough in them to get back. They've got a 30,000 capacity stadium, Lindsay, something that you pointed out as well. It's really important to have that support behind a team. Carl Robinson as well, their, their manager, he's been manager there for five years, must be one of the longest serving managers. In fact, he, he, I think when, when he started there, he was only 29, which would have made him at the time probably the youngest manager uh, throughout the Football League. One of the things with Carl Robinson as well is that he has got some great links, um, some great ties with Liverpool Football Club for obvious reasons, um, but some great ties generally speaking. I think he's going to get quite a lot of great loan signings and yeah. different players through, so that, that could be key. Well, already he's taken advantage of that and I think one thing that's holding the Dons back and, you, and they need to invest, he's absolutely right when he's come out in the press and said that, but then what manager doesn't say that? Hang on a minute, Chairman, I'd like some money, please. But they've done so well this season because of Lewis Baker, because of Will Grigg and because of Deli Alley as well and, and obviously some of those players being sold to Spurs but MK Dons were very savvy and said fine you can have these players but we want them back on loan until the end of the season we want to finish this job that we've started Well I've gone for a side that when we're talking and you're saying MK Dons are in the championship and I'm about to say Wigan are in League One it just feels topsy-turvy doesn't it um, however as a Wolves fan and we'll skim over this as quickly as we can um, I do know that you can go back down to League One and make a very quick return to the championship. And I am tipping Wigan to follow in Wolves' footsteps. Um, I think they'll go straight back up to the championship. I think they've got a very good manager in Gary Caldwell, a former captain. I think you need that someone who's who's really got their livelihood in the club. You know, they've lived and breathed it. They can really get the dressing room roused. I think that's brilliant. And um, also a lot of business. It looks like it's been done early. I think that's a great sign. I think that was a great sign from Mourinho, wasn't it, for Chelsea this year? The fact that he did those signings early doors with Fabio. Gas and Costa. Are you comparing Mourinho <laughs> to the Wigan manager? If so, I love it. I'm just saying that I think early business, business early doors sometimes can be great. You know, if you if you faff around too much in the transfer window, often the players take too long to bed in, don't get a good start. That can then have a knock-on effect. I think with this, you know, five players have been released. They've um, offered contracts to six players, including Jermaine Pennant. I can't believe Jermaine Pennant. There he was in the Indian oh, League. <laughs> now in League One. Um, um, and Captain Emerson Boyce is staying put and I think that might be an instrumental uh, factor as well. So we're going to make a quick return. Breaking news, everyone. Stand by your beds. This is Jim White. You can download the Offside Rule podcast this very day. Well, in this, our final ever episode of the 2014-15 season, um, I guess we should talk about a few things that we've got coming up. Um, by the way, good luck to Arsenal and Aston Villa in the FA Cup final next weekend. We won't be doing a podcast off the back of that because otherwise it worked out we didn't have any time off. Kate Borsa in particular is coming out to Canada with me. In fact, I think we've got about a week off because we'll be doing our next podcast will be a preview for the Women's World Cup. Um, that will be before we leave on the 6th of June. Isn't yeah. it the 6th of June? Yeah, that's yeah. when our flight's but you put the flight, babe. <laughs> Basically, um, we, we're going to urge you to go to our website, offsidewallpodcast.com. Keep up to date with everything we're doing out in Canada. That will return. Uh, but it means that this one is our final episode of this season. So um, I think it was, it's only fitting that we get some best moments. We haven't spoken about that. So we put that to you on our Twitter account this week, at Pod. And here's Sean Thorne with our final Twitter topic of the week. Twitter topic of the week. 
Well, they've got me out of mothballs for the final pod of the season. Well, I say the final pod. I mean, the final one before we do all the women's World Cup specials that are going to be keeping you going over the summer. So if I, as I just pop this champagne flute down, uh, which has been permanently in my hand since the close of Bristol City's dream season. And we'll do we'll do some Twitter topic of the week where we've been asking you about your favourite moments of the season. Now, Rob Kerr, he's gone for some Klopp wit at a, at a recent press conference where he was asked if he was learning Spanish. Uh, his reply was, Una cavaza, por favor, which for those of you who aren't fluent means one beer, please. Classic Klopp, uh, that one. Uh, James, at Goofy Villain, uh, he's gone for Benteke's penalty winner versus Albion. Uh, the moment that he felt restarted Aston Villa's season and got them going again. Uh, Jeremy Jacobs, he's gone for watching Margate beat Hendon in last weekend's Ryman League playoff final. Uh, Margate the 1-0 winners at that one. See, a month before, Margate and Hendon had rolled out this 4-4 classic. But I guess in the playoff finals, you, you be, you, you're satisfied with a 1-0 with a win, aren't you, Jeremy? Uh, Alex Wormel, finally, has gone for either Matter's glorious goal at Anfield or Stevie G's red in the same game. I mean, poor Stevie G. It wasn't exactly the swan song season he would have hoped for with Liverpool, was it? Uh, my personal moment of the season for me, uh, when the Sky Cameras asked Bristol City and former Swindon Town centre-half Aidan Flint if he would like to see his former club Swindon promoted with Bristol City. And Aidan quite bluntly replied with a look of absolute disgust on his face, no, no, no. We love you, Flinty, for that. And that's the topic of the week for this week. Uh, cheers for all of your responses, and I will hand you back to the girls. Thanks, Sean. Some great moments there. I'm sure we've all we've, we spoke last week about shocks of the season, surprises, and things. I'm sure we've all got like a favourite moment. Is there anything in particular though in your sort of day job? I would like to say I would delve back into something that happened throughout the season, but I think it had to be the end of season awards at Manchester United, standing on the stage, about to interview Louis van Gaal, when he decides to just go off on one on his own, (laughs) grab the microphone and do a Churchill-esque kind of rousing speech to everybody that was in the room. I have no idea what he said. But he said it so enthusiastically. He said, listen to your manager. Listen to your manager. And he rambled on about various results and about how United were the better team when they played Chelsea, yet Chelsea won. And I agree with that, of course. Mm. Goodness me. He was just so enthusiastic. I don't think it actually mattered what he said. It was how he Mm. said it and the way he went about it. Wasn't there also a really interesting video clip of you with Dwight York on the stage? Yeah, there was. (laughs) There was slight language. Yeah, he, he, he couldn't get something out of an envelope. Oh, and he was like, oh, Hayley, I, I can't get this up. As in, he couldn't lift up the oh, flap, flap of the envelope. Oh. I can't get this up. And then he sort of <laughs> paused to, to take out the winner from the envelope and it just sounded all a little bit wrong. Oh. And I, yeah. Can I just say, I did see that because it was it was tweeted to our account, actually. Oh. And uh, your facial expression is brilliant. You just can't <laughs> hold it in sometimes, can you? I was like, just standing there with a the blank face. Obviously on Sky Sports News, when yeah. it's news a bit more serious, you have to just kind of pass it off and, and the viewers will get the entertainment but you can't really get involved but at least when you're up in stage it's all a bit of fun isn't it you just have to go with it a um, complete cop out for me but I suppose last weekend because uh, Frank Lampard's farewell and just seeing that being pitch side and seeing him have the presentation in the, in the middle of the Etihad and some of the songs as well that the fans were singing like we, we want you to stay we want you to stay and he, he was brilliant actually a uh, really lovely guy to, to chat to and the, the video footage it just reminds you as well when they show a video on the big screen of what he's achieved from West Ham all the way through his time at Chelsea, which of course is very dear to him. Um, but he had great things to say about Manchester City as well. And I think he thinks he could have actually done another couple of years in the mm. Premier League, but 
when New York come calling, you go, don't you? Um, I've actually really enjoyed watching Arsenal this season and I'm really pleased. I really want a club like Arsenal to do well. I'm not a closet Arsenal fan or anything, but I like what's really? going on there. No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. Um, but I like what's going on there and I've actually been pleased for them this season. I've, I've been pleased that it hasn't capitulated for them in kind of typical Arsenal style. Um, standout moment for me if we're talking about something away from, you know, results and stuff like that was... Um, Ashley Young getting pooed in the mouth. <laughs> I've forgotten about that. I just thought, who would have thought at the beginning of the season, Ashley Young would have had a bird poo in his mouth. Fantastic. That makes me feel ill, actually, just you talking about it. And also, he insists it wasn't, doesn't he? Uh, let's talk about some speculation then. Uh, lots of things have happened. Sam Allardyce, as we mentioned at the beginning, he won't be at West Ham. So where do we think he's going to end up? Well, who knows? But what I think is very funny, maybe not funny, sorry, West Ham fans, sorry, Bianca Westwood, who's the biggest <laughs> West Ham fan going, that they have been linked. They're not just aiming for your, I don't know, other managers who are currently in the Premier League or the Championship. It's, we want Ancelotti yes. and we want Jurgen Klopp. Yes. Now, that's not realistic. Or is it? What do you oh. think? I, I mean, this is the Daily Mail getting getting in on the transfer rumours yeah. early, isn't it? Saying that they basically wanted to speak to Klopp, but Klopp declined. And now they're going all out for Carlo... Ancelotti's kind of swan song mm. football season uh, spent at West Ham. I yeah. just can't see it, sorry. <laughs> what about Watford? Getting rid of their manager. What about yeah. Watford? Not big enough, maybe? For Sam Allardyce, now I think Watford would be quite good. I think he wants to stay down in the south. Mm -hmm. I get that impression from speaking to him this season. I don't think he would want to go up north because I know that, that Sunderland's been mentioned if Dick Avocat doesn't, doesn't sign. There's obviously Newcastle. Would he go back there? I mm -hmm. can't see that happening. Um, but I, I think Watford could be a good fit, although I think the owners there have probably got their eyes on someone else like a foreign manager. I think other, other managers have been mentioned and muted. Um, in terms of... England! England manager! There we go. There, there you go, England! All problem solved. When Roy hangs his boots up after the next tournament, I think he's going to have a little period out of the game. Mm. And then as soon as some of the first managers in the Premier League drop, which they will do in the first couple of months in, I think he'll be there. And Harry Redknapp, of course, still... <laughs> potentially wanting to get back into management as well. You sort of the forgotten man, isn't he? But no one can forget Harry. Sorry, I just flicked um I just flicked a fly onto Kate. Sorry about that. It was on my hand. Um, on the West Ham angle, uh, what I would say is that they are a London club. They're going to have this huge stadium, the Olympic mm -hmm. Stadium. I think that will attract a bigger name than perhaps they would have done two years ago. So we could see a surprise. I quite fancy Laudrup, actually, for that, for a season to see how he goes. And if he does well, I think that he could be the man to take them to the Olympic Stadium. And if he doesn't, well, then they can start afresh with someone else. Any speculation with regards to players? Well, I would love it if the rumours are true and Arsenal are coming in for Arturo Vidal. Absolutely love it. I think that would be brilliant. I've been wanting to see him in the Premier League for a long time. Um, obviously, James Milner's been heavily linked with, with Liverpool. Who knows, by the time this comes out, uh, both Milner and Ings, Danny Ings, might have uh, uh, already committed to Liverpool. Who I, knows? I can pitch in and say that Milner wouldn't speak to us. Oh, really? uh, and I think that's because oh. he is going. Oh, I say he wouldn't. The, the press officers said that he wouldn't. So I think that's an indication, isn't it? Mm. What do we think is going to happen at Newcastle? Because John Carver's sure he's going to keep his job, but I'm sure he's not. No. <laughs> uh, he might keep a coaching role, but I don't think he'll then want that. Yeah, Steve McLaren, I think the deal's already been done. I said it a few weeks ago, didn't I? But then, but then Newcastle apparently wanted him to start early and he said, no, he's not going anywhere. So what kind of game's going on here? Link with Derby as well. How about Nigel Clough going? Sheffield oh, United. Yeah, I was quite surprised at that, actually, mm. out of the blue mm, end really of the surprised. season. Yeah. 
I thought he was doing quite a good building blocks job there and, and perhaps getting them promoted next season. Who knows what will happen now? Um, any more for any more? There was so much to talk about. We could, we could literally have a three-hour podcast just talking about the speculation, but mm. I'm, I'm sure we shall soon see it all unfold. And it's quite nice, obviously, apart from we've got the Women's World Cup and we've got the um, European Under-21 Championships. There's no major tournament this summer, so there's time for players and people to actually think properly about their futures and, and not have all the disruption that normally goes on whilst there's, there's a tournament. Hi, I'm Jeff Stelling, and you're listening to The Offside Rule. Three women talking about football... I'm used to listening to four old women talking about football on Saturday afternoons, so I'll definitely prefer this. OK, well, we'll move on to topic three. We're going to talk about forgotten goodbyes. Uh, we know Lampard's gone to the MLS. Mm. We know Gerard has gone to the MLS. We know that Didier Drogba probably will, in some capacity, still have a role at Chelsea, but not on the pitch. Mm. I'm sure they'll do something <laughs> for him. Um, so what's going to happen to some other farewells that we saw in the final weekend of the football season? Um, who would like to go first with one that's that's happened that you don't think anyone will really know about? Well, this one's a little bit obscure, but you've interviewed Richard Lee, the Brentford goalkeeper, yeah. and he went on loan to Fulham as well, didn't he? He's decided to hang up his boots. He's selling coffee. Well, yes. He's got a coffee business called Organo Gold, and according to him, it's exploded. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't like to be there when that happens, but there you go. Well, I can, I can actually testify to the fact of being a, a coffee fiend myself, <laughs> um, an enthusiast when it comes to coffee. I, I think it's probably a winner. He's probably onto yeah. a winner there. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with. Um, okay, let's start with the game that I was at Manchester City Southampton because it was all about Frank Lampard. But there was another man who retired that day. Do you know who that was? This was going to be one of mine. I thought none of you would have picked it. Chris Foy, the referee. Yes, 21-year career, yeah. says goodbye to that. And it wasn't just him, it was the linesman as well. Oh, really? They're all off. Yeah. Bad enough of this. <laughs> We're off. And he's going to, I think, stay on working as a coach in the professional game for other referees, is that right? Yes, he is. He's going to work alongside Howard Webb in oh. that capacity, I believe. Um, a couple of big games then that he refereed. I'll let you do a little bit. We'll share this one, Hayley. Um, he, of course, refereed the League Cup final in 2009. Bless you. <laughs> Kate Vorsay sneezing in the background. And the year after the 2010 FA Cup between Chelsea and Portsmouth, I suppose those were his two big days. Yeah, I mean, 650 professional matches is quite something. 259 in the top flight as well as mentioning those uh, finals too. So he said it was a huge privilege to be refereeing in, in the Football League, particularly the Premier League, over the, the last 14 years. There we have it. And it was a good game to go out on. A big one. Manchester City, you might as well go out with a bang. You might as well, hadn't you? Um this isn't really a forgotten one. I think people will probably know, but as soon as you were talking about La Liga earlier, Xavi leaving mm -hmm. Barcelona. Yeah, oh, and all the goodbyes at the end, it really was quite emotional. You can imagine what that's like. And just the atmosphere within the stadium was just something else. It really was. It certainly was. And he's off to um, Qatar, isn't he, mm -hmm. to join Al Sadd along with um, Raul. It's um, collecting, uh, collecting really good players there now, aren't they? Who else did I want to mention? Glenn Johnson for Liverpool as well. He's looks like his contract's not going to be renewed. He says he's going to start a new chapter in his career. I don't know what that is, but um, I've always felt a bit sorry for him because he, he, you know, he was England's first choice right back for a while. And he's always, he's always been a very advancing right back. And whilst that sometimes meant goals, it's also left him open to making mistakes as well. And I think he's um, been the butt of a 
perhaps a few too many jokes. I've always felt slightly sorry for him because he didn't didn't really ask for it, but he quite often gets the blame. Mm. Well, I looked at his wage bill and he's a pretty good looking chap, isn't he? And I don't really feel sorry for him. <laughs> I think he'll be okay. Um, let's talk about South Africa's uh, Portia Medice, um, South Africa's most capped female player. Um, she's retired and she's going to pursue a career in coaching. Uh, I'm going to give her a mention. Um, and my final one is a Burnley midfielder, Stephen Reid. Um, have you got that one too? Yeah, I've, I've got him as well. There we go. We are in tune this week, aren't we? Um, previous clubs include Blackburn, QPR, Millwall. He's working towards an A licence. I think he wants to go into coaching, doesn't he? Um, 23 caps for the Republic yeah. of Ireland. Did well there. Was part of the squad that reached the first knockout stage for the 2002 World Cup. And also sat next to me on a train, had a football conversation with me for quite a while. We were chatting football and I knew exactly who he was. He just left West Brom. So I wasn't oh. obviously overly keen I made it clear that I was a Wolves fan but he didn't know that I worked in football and I don't think he thought I knew who he was but I'll let you into a secret Stephen I did well what about Brad Friedel mm. one of the legends of the game stalwarts the goalkeeper of course finishing his career at uh, Tottenham having played at Liverpool Blackburn Aston Villa as well started out uh, at uh, well, in the English leagues, in Newcastle on London, has got a great broadcasting job out in the United States. He signed a big three-year deal. He's very intelligent. He's a really nice guy as well. Have we also seen the end of UC Askelinen in the Premier League? Mm-hmm. Um, potentially, I, I could see him leaving at West Ham. Yeah, well... Possibly as well. I think there'll be a, a lot of movement between goalkeepers this summer. I think whether David De Gea stays at Manchester United or not will spark a bit of a kind of a knock-on effect and we'll see that all, all unfold. Well, let's head up to Scotland, actually, because we have a young player, one to watch, 20-year-old, by the name of Kane. Not Harry, but Chris Kane. Mm-hmm. That's right. Unfortunately for the Aberdeen captain, Russell Anderson, who was playing in his last ever game, was completely upstaged. Uh, by this Chris Kane who scored a really great goal, his first ever goal for the club with the first touch of the ball as well at Petardry in a 1-0 defeat. He'd actually, um, Russell, been given this guard of honour by the home players, a 36-year-old, retired. Um, It was actually his first appearance uh, following nine months out with really bad knee problems. So I think, I don't think he was even fit at all. They just shoved him on and thought, well, it's his final game. We've got nothing to lose. Um, And unfortunately, instead of bowing out with a great win and people remembering him, it was all the talk about the newcomer uh, to the league 16 years his junior by the name of Kane who was making a few well, maybe not massive big headlines but certainly a few headlines as far as St Johnson are concerned so there you have it thank you very much ladies for this season enjoyed having you around my little tiny flat on occasion so we've, we've frequented Hayley McQueen's place more often than not though haven't yeah. we it's been great. I've loved it. We've had fun and games and uh, sometimes we've scrabbled together a load of nonsense and managed to make some sort of sense. <laughs> and there have been some interesting revelations throughout oh, the yeah. season as well, haven't there? If you miss them, you'll have just have to go back and listen, won't you? And thank you very much for listening. And we really hope that you enjoy our Women's World Cup podcast. There'll be some specials coming out in the forthcoming weeks. Bye-bye. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Sports Social Podcast Network.